During World War II, uh, the enemies of the United States began to spread rumors all throughout our country to divide and to demoralize our people. Uh, these rumors began to spread all over the place. They were talked about on shop floors and in, in grocery stores, in uh, barber shops, and uh, in pubs. In fact, it, it was so uh, obvious to everyone that uh, Time Magazine uh, published an article about it in which it said, quote, of all the viruses that attack the vulnerable nerve tissues of a nation at war, rumor is the most malignant. It, it, its most dangerous carriers are innocent folks who love to tell a tall tale. Some of these rumors were the fact that, uh, or rumors were that uh, all the ships, all the U.S. ships were destroyed at Pearl Harbor. Other rumors said that uh, those that were in the shipping industry were being killed overseas because of their partnership with the military in the war. Uh, others, uh, one rumor was that a bomb carrying the bubonic plague uh, had exploded in Oregon and was spreading the disease. Of course, none of these things were true. They were all simply rumors, but yet the rumors itself brought some fear and and division about the war, which is what they were intended to do. So on June the 13th, 1942, President Roosevelt uh, developed the Office of Wartime Information, or OWI, and their job was to try to squelch these rumors. What they did was they actually developed groups of people which they call rumor clinics, and these were, uh, clinics, that's a picture of one, that were all over the United States in and, and San Francisco and, and Boston and Philadelphia and Syracuse. And what they would do is identify what the rumors were that were spinning around and then would give a factual response. And then they would try to publish those responses, sometimes in local newspapers, sometimes they would take notes and uh, staple them to your paycheck and hand it out. They were trying to do everything they could to try to dispel the rumors. Why? Because they knew that rumors divide and rumors damage. And they were trying to get their hands on them. Think about today, you know, most of the division in our country, a lot of the, the, the the ill will and, and hostility and public discourse, even in our country today, a lot of uh, points back to just rumors and half-truths and innuendo and slander that is put out there, and then it may be retracted sometime later, but the damage is far done, and, it, and the virus travels around these little mechanical machines that are in your purses and pockets. All right, your cell phone, right? Every tweet, every post, every, every, every sound bite, all these spin a certain narrative that may or may not be true, but, but they divide and they damage. The same is true in your relationships, right? I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but the truth of it is probably many of us have had somebody say something about us that wasn't true. Or maybe it was true, but it was said in confidence, and you didn't want that shared, and they shared it anyway. Or maybe it was a half-true, but now, you know, so-and-so shared it with so-and-so, and they told someone, and they told somebody else, and now it's out of control, and there's no way you could rein it back in, and people get hurt. Rumors damage, and gossip damages people. And that's why we're in this War of Words series, right? We're talking about our words, and in the first... Uh, message we talked about our words have power power to build up or power to destroy and we need to be careful how we use them 
On Mother's Day, we talked about how we speak life to the people in our life. And then last week we talked about lying and the damaging effects of where lying leads you and how if you tell the truth, it leads you to a life of truth. Uh, But today we're talking about gossip, all right? Gossip. We're talking about, you probably hadn't hadn't heard a message about gossip in a long time, all right? So buckle your seatbelts, here we go. We're gonna talk about gossip and we're gonna talk about how damaging that can be, all right? So I want, you to, I want you to take your Bible and, and I want you to open it up uh, to the book of Proverbs, all right? Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verse 13. And we're only going to look at one verse. One, don't think that's going to be a short sermon. It's just one verse, okay? But Proverbs 11, verse 13. Listen, here's the deal. We, uh, as Christians... We approach gossip differently, or at least we should be approaching gossip differently. The gospel teaches us to treat people differently than, than, than those who do not know Christ. And let me just say this. If you're not a Christian today, maybe you're here checking things out. I'm so glad you are. Man, I just want you to feel at home here. We want you to study the God's word with us. We want you to do life with us. Uh, but listen, if you're not a Christian today, let me just put a little disclaimer on this message and say, while the church should be leading the way in this issue of gossip, many times we have not. Many times we have failed and we have gossiped. And there are some people that are no longer in church because I was there and I confessed this to somebody or I, I shared this in confidence and it was spread everywhere. And, and I just wanna say that that has happened. And that's happened in my life. I'm sure that's happened in your life. But I want you to know the standard of God's word and that all of us are trying to move forward in this area of gossip and that our words will be used to build up and to encourage and not to tear down. And I'm gonna show you why Christians of all people should not be in the business of gossiping, all right? So I'm gonna show that to you now. So let's look at it, uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right, this is the word of God. A gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. Let me read it again. A gospel goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. By the way, that's short enough to be a great memory verse for this week. Amen? A gossip goes around uh, revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person uh, keeps a confidence. The word gossip in this passage is the, the Hebrew word rakil, which means uh, to a talebearer or a slanderer or an informer or a gossip, someone who tells tales. Now, in the book of Proverbs and other places in the Old Testament, another word translated gossip as ragon, which simply means to whisper, to whisper. You ever play the old telephone game, right? Where somebody uh, whispers a little something to somebody and then they whisper it to the next person, the next person, and it ends up at the very end and it's totally different than the way it started. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, you know, they start off saying, hey, you look great. And at the end it says, you look like a monkey or something like that. It, it totally gets messed up. Why? Because the whispers change the story as it goes. Well, that's exactly what he's talking about here. The word gossip translates to whisper or to talk behind somebody's back. 
I don't know if you're following NBA uh, news anytime recently, if you are NBA fans, but the Laker organization is in chaos right now. And when Magic Johnson stepped down just about a week or so ago, uh, kind of surprisingly, uh, suddenly, and people wonder why would he step down as a president of basketball operations? What he, one of the reasons why is he said that there were certain people that were whispering things behind his back in the office and he couldn't take it anymore. I mean, even at that level, there's, there's whispering going on. People talking about somebody and sharing things that they shouldn't and talking behind someone's back. That, that's the idea here of the word for gossip. In fact, it's interesting, if you get to the New Testament, there's only about three times where gossip is even mentioned in the New Testament. Usually it's in a long list of bad stuff, right? Slander, gossip, blah, 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 lying and so on. Uh, but that word gossip is translated also in the Greek as whisper. It's a whisper when you whisper behind someone's back. When you talk about someone, when you share something, when you start off the conversation, I probably shouldn't say this, but, or when you start off the conversation, well, they told me in confidence, but I don't tell anybody, but uh, that's when you should say, whoa, 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 <laughs> then don't tell me. I don't need to know because we're whispering, whispering. If you want to get to a definition, here's a definition. Gossip is speaking negatively about another person for your own benefit. Gossip is speaking negatively about another person for your own benefit. Oftentimes, gossip is, is taking private information and sharing it publicly. So why do we gossip? By the way, all of us have this problem. I, I think if you can fog a mirror, you have a problem with telling things that you shouldn't say. All right? It's just kind of a part of the fabric of who we are, and we do it a lot, and we do it more than we think. Um, why do we gossip? I, th I think that there are some motivations behind what we say. And many times these motivations are not in the forefront of our mind. We're not saying, okay, I'm going to do this so I can get this. But if you dig a little deeper, you'll find that these motivations are there. Let me show you. I think there are a couple of these. Let me put these on the screen real quick. First one is this, people gossip for power. People gossip for power. That is, um, this happens in every middle school campus, all right? One girl uh, has a group of girls, and she talks about another girl. And she says, well, can you believe that Susan's wearing that? She's so ugly. And I heard she was kissing Johnny at the movie this weekend. He's so ugly. <laughs> and all the, all the girls go, <laughs> and they all gang up on little Susie, right? Well, why are they doing it? Because that girl has got the power, right? They all see how, what she's doing to her, and they don't want to ever step out of line, or she'll do it to them. That's how she garnishes her power. Now, I wish I could say that that stops in middle school, but it doesn't. Uh, it goes all the way to corporate America of how we talk about other people can sometimes uh, draw people to us and cause them to do what we want them to do. Power is one reason. Another reason why we gossip is attention. You know, some people, they just want to have the attention of being the person that, every, that knows what's going on, right? The reason why they want to listen in, if they hear somebody whispering, you can see them. They just kind of lean in like that. You know, they want to listen in. What, what are you saying? Oh, I, well, let, me tell, let me hear that story. What are you saying about that? Oh, I heard she was pregnant. I heard they were moving out of town. I heard he doesn't treat her very good. I heard, you know, just all these kinds of things that are buzzing around, and they love to know it, right? They love to know it so that people come to them when they want to know. Oh, I knew that last week. Oh, that's old news. Let me tell you something new, all right? And then they are, they are the ones that get the attention for being in the know. And so we gossip so that we get attention, so people come to us for information. 
Sometimes we, uh, we gossip for retaliation. Sometimes retaliation. You know, somebody does something bad to you. Somebody does, you know, treat you bad on a deal or somebody uh, treats you wrong or in some way or, or does something to harm you. Or maybe, maybe they treated your kid bad or maybe that coach didn't play your kid or, or, or did some promise to do something they didn't come through or a teacher said something that offended or whatever the case may be. And instead of going to them and dealing with that, you go to 10 other people and tell them how bad that person is. Why? So that all these 10 people can be just as mad at them as you are, and that's the way we get back at them. We get back at them for what they've done to us by rallying a crowd. It's almost kind of the mob instinct. I'm going to rally a crowd against you so that I get back at you, and I gossip in order to turn people against someone else. Retaliation. That's a dark side of gossip. Here's another one. Sometimes people do it for sympathy. Sometimes people share a confidence so that you will feel sorry for what they're having to bear, right? I, I heard a story this week about a, a lady and she was counseling this girl and the, and the girl was constantly calling her and constantly uh, not taking her advice. And, and this girl sent her a text and was saying things and it wasn't good. And so in frustration, because this girl's not listening to her, the woman that was giving the counsel texted out her message to three other friends with the added comment, her heart's so hard, please pray for her, all right? Which really wasn't a prayer request. It was more like, look how, what the burden I have to bear, right? Unfortunately, what she didn't realize until after she sent the text is that she included this girl in that group of texts and she saw the whole thing. Now, why did she have to share it anyway? It wasn't any of their business. They weren't involved in any way. Why? Uh, it certainly wasn't a prayer. That's what we do in church though, right? Prayer requests. Amen. Prayer requests. But really what we're doing is we're saying, you know, here's what's going on with them. And, and we do this to garner sympathy. Feel sorry for me because I got to deal with this person. Feel sorry for me because of look how hard her heart is. So many times sympathy. And then, and then probably the last reason why uh, we do it is for affirmation. Because if we can talk bad about somebody else, then we feel better about our own circumstances. A lot of times this comes out of jealousy, right? If somebody's just, uh, she's really pretty or he's really smart and successful or he makes a lot of money and she's real popular or whatever the case is. If they're getting up, then we gotta, we gotta talk about them and, and, and hopefully we can find some flaw in their character to spread around and somehow that makes the field even. And we feel affirmed that we're not as bad as they are. You know, we're not, we're not as messed up as they are. I hear they're having trouble, you know, at home. I hope they're, I hear their marriage is really shaky. I hear, I hear they're sleeping in two rooms now, you know, oh, whatever the case may be. Chatter, 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 chatter. And somehow it makes me feel better about mine. There are a lot of reasons why we gossip. But let me just make it really clear. The scripture says that gossip is wrong. It's just wrong. Talking negatively about other people that doesn't affect you is wrong. It's sinful. And the reason why it's wrong is because it hurts so many people. When you, listen, when you gossip about somebody else, it hurts everybody. It hurts the person you're talking about because now their reputation is being defamed. It also hurts you because now you're getting a reputation for being a gossip. And if you talk about somebody, then that person knows you're going to turn around and talk about them. All right? You're just going to get to be known as a person that can't keep a confidence. A, a gossip who goes about spreading rumors. 
like the proverb says. And it also hurts a person that's listening to your gossip because now you're involving them in it and they didn't want to be in it in the first place. And so all these people get hurt and gossip hurts everyone. In fact, in James chapter 4, James speaks about this. In James chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. Now, the word speak evil there is the word katalueo. Lueo is the, uh, is the word meaning empty talk. It means sounds. It's just like a cow that moves, right? It makes a sound, but it's not intelligent, right? It's just a sound. It has no thought behind it. That's what luleo means, and kata means down. So it means to talk down about somebody mindlessly. He's like, don't do that. Don't talk down about people. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know the situation. You, don't, you haven't investigated every angle of this thing. Don't do it. Stop it. Why? Because you're hurting everybody when you do it. It causes division. It causes chaos. It offends God. It offends others. So, so we're called over and over and over to avoid God. Now listen, I, in my research this week, I, uh, I read multiple articles of psychologists that said it's good to gossip. Gossip is good. It helps us socialize. <laughs> I thought, well, that's, that's nice. That's convenient. Isn't that convenient? Wow. Actually, a bad thing is a good thing. I'm just going to go with God's word. God said don't do it. He said it just hurts people. And we do it without even thinking about it. This week, I was talking with Liz, and I'd read this article about this pastor who had uh, stepped down. There's a lot of scandal about him and a lot of rumor going on about what's happened. And it was published. I mean, it was a national article. And so I was talking with Liz this week, and I just kind of mentioned, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? I, I read this article. I can't believe that. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's terrible. And, and then we, I kind of left. It was like a minute and a half conversation. And when I left there, I immediately felt convicted. Because like I'm dealing with, I've got to deal with this all week, folks. You just get it now. I had to live with it all week, right? And immediately I was convicted, like, why did you say that? You don't know him. You don't know the situation. You, you haven't even prayed for him, but you're quick to talk about him. See, that's what I'm talking about, Craig. That's in you. And you know what? It is in me. And it's in you too. It's in all of us. We do it without even thinking. We don't even... Connect the dots that I am saying things negatively and I should not do it. So here's what I want you to understand. Here's, here's the main thought that I want you to write down and I want you to think about, I want you to ponder this week, okay? Here it is. You can be, you can be a gospel-centered person or you can be a gossip-centered person, but you can't be both. You can be a gospel-centered person, or you can be a gossip-centered person, but you can't be both, at least not at the same time. Here's what I mean. If I'm moving toward the gospel, and I'm moving toward knowing and following Jesus, then I'm going to naturally move away from gossip. But if I'm moving toward gossip, I'm gravitating toward gossip, then I am, in effect, moving away from, this, from walking and knowing and following Jesus. It's like a seesaw, all right? If I'm exalting Jesus in my life, I'm going to be putting down gossip. If I'm exalting gossip, then I'm putting down Jesus. I can't do both at the same time. You say, well, why is that? Why do you say that? Because the gospel tells us to treat people completely differently than gossip does. They're polar opposites. Let me explain. Let me give you three things the gospel tells us 
that affect gossip, all right? Jot this down. Here's the first one is. Gospel reminds us that we're all flawed in need of God's love and grace. The gospel reminds us that we're all flawed and we're all in need of God's love and grace. Do you agree with that? Amen? See, the good news starts with the bad news. And the bad news is we've sinned against God. We're wayward. We cannot save ourselves. We are lost and we need a savior. And the good news is that Christ came to be our savior. The the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two that we are without hope and without God in the world. Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all, for all of us, all we like sheep have gone astray, all have turned to his own way. See, we, it's all of us. It's inclusive. All of us. We got all that in common. So if I know that about me, which the gospel tells me, then if my brother is hurting or my sister is hurting, I'm not going to talk down to them. I'm going to say, well, I'm better than you. No, no, no. I'm like, man, I'm a mess up too. I'm a, I'm a screw up too. I mean, you're a mess. I'm a mess. And what it should do is motivate me to have compassion and love for them because I know I've been there. Hey, your marriage is struggling. My marriage is struggling. Hey, you've had, a, you've had a failure. I've had a failure. You've done things that are wrong. Well, yeah, you might have gotten caught with it publicly, but I've done it privately. And only by the grace of God did I get outed like you have. See, I, all of a sudden I move with compassion and love toward them and not condemnation and talking to other people about them. The gospel would motivate me to show love and mercy, not condemnation. I was talking with a friend this week, and she said when she was in high school, she was a part of a big youth group, that there was a girl in that youth group that was very popular. She was a strong Christian. She was a strong a witness on her high school campus, and uh, everybody knew her. She brought literally lots and lots of people to church to hear about Jesus. But that girl came, came up pregnant while she was in high school. And when she came up pregnant, it's like everyone turned their back on her. So many people talked about her behind her back. They, were, they shook their hand, heads. They, they pointed the finger. They were condemning toward her. She felt this, this shroud of shame over her all the time. When she would go to church, she knew that people were looking at her differently. And my friend was in that youth group and she saw this going on. She said, I was, I was guilty. I was doing the same thing. I was talking about her. And he, she said, I got really convicted that that's not what Jesus will want me to do. And so she said, I moved toward her and I just told her how much I loved her and how sorry I was that this was happening in her life and that Jesus loves her and prayed with her. And she said, I decided to gather a group of friends and we had a baby shower for her to help her with that. And so we had a baby shower. She said, over a decade later, that girl still comes back and talks to her because she will never forget the moment of kindness and compassion that she showed. In fact, my friend said, I think if Jesus was around, he would throw more baby showers and not throw stones. I think she's right. You know, we, we don't condone things that are wrong But when we see a brother or sister that is hurting, instead of talking about them, we move toward them with compassion and love because we have been shown compassion and love by Jesus, right? It's completely different. Here's another thing. The gospel teaches us that Jesus uh, satisfies all of our needs, that only Jesus can meet our needs. The gospel teaches us that. 
you know, when we're in gossip, what we're doing is we're, we're trying to tell all these other people the things we know so that our needs get met. You know, I feel uh, sympathy. I feel important. I have attention. All these kind of things. It's really motivated to help me by putting this other person down. Did you know in Australia and New Zealand, there's a thing called the poppy syndrome? It's a true story, the poppy syndrome. And if you go out to a poppy field and you look at a poppy field, sometimes you will see one that's a little bit taller than the other. And what that will happen is these plants that are around the one that's taller than the other will actually begin to choke out the tall plant in order to make it shrivel down. Now, isn't that fascinating? I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, that's a terrible plant. What kind of plant are you, right? Trying to choke out somebody to make, bring them down to your size. But of course, we do the same thing, don't we? We're much more malicious than the poppy plant. That we will choke people out, we'll bring them down. Why? Because if we can bring them down, then somehow that elevates us and we look like we're in the know and we look better and we, we, we got something going on and, or we just enjoy bringing them down. That's even worse. We take delight in it. But listen, the gospel says this, that we go to Jesus for our needs not telling other people stuff that meets our needs. We go to Jesus. Jesus meets our needs. See, in the gospel, what we learn is that when we were far from God and we were sinners, that Christ came and Christ did what we could not do. He paid for our sin on the cross, right? And he purchased our salvation and thereby we can be free and forgiven and right with God, not by our works, but by his work alone. That's the gospel. But once that's true, as I live out the gospel every day, I learn that I go to Jesus to meet my needs. I don't, I don't go to other people and, and try to tear them down to meet my needs. I go to Jesus. He's the one that meets my needs. So when, I, so when I pray, Father, comfort me. Father, help me. Father, provide for me. Father, go before me. Father, change me. When I do that, I'm trusting him to meet my needs. That's where I go. He's my source of supply and help and comfort and strength. Not other people. So I don't have to go off and talk and chatter to other people because I don't need their approval. I just need God's approval. I don't need their affirmation. I just need God's affirmation in my life. I, their relationship doesn't satisfy it ultimately. Only Jesus' relationship satisfies me ultimately. So where are you going to get your needs met? Are you turning to other people, talking down about others to get your needs met? Or are you turning to Jesus? Ultimately, he will do that. And you know what I found too, that as, you're, as I walk with the Lord, especially in this issue of gossip, I found that, um, man, if I will say something bad about somebody that I shouldn't have said, I immediately feel convicted. I don't know about you. I, I really do. I feel, I feel, it's almost as if the Spirit of God is uh, with me. We're hanging out in the office and he goes, oh, what, 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 what did you just say? <laughs> well, time out. Why did you say that? Why did you talk bad about them? Why did you say such a hateful thing about that person? Did you know that's a brother in Christ? That's a sister in Christ? And you just, you just defame them and talk behind. You would never say that to their face, but you say that behind their back. You spread that lie. And I feel convicted. And I'm glad I feel convicted. <laughs> because that's the Spirit of God working on me. So I confess it, Lord please help me. Please help me. I don't want to, I don't want anybody else to, I don't have to depend on anybody else's affirmation. I just go, I just go to you. You're the one that meets my needs. So the gospel teaches me that. 
Last thing that the gospel teaches us. He, he, he reminds me that we all need God's grace and mercy. He teaches me that only Jesus can meet my needs and I don't need to gossip to get my needs met. And the last thing is this, the gospel is really all about reconciliation. It's about reconciliation. The gospel is that Christ came and he suffered to reconcile me to God, right? That's the gospel. And when Christ suffered, he did not open his mouth. Like a sheep before the shears, he was silent, Isaiah 53 said. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't attack with his words. He didn't retaliate with his words. He didn't threat with his words. He was silent and he allowed his father to vindicate him because the father loves him and knew what he was doing and he trusted that he would make it all right in the end. And listen, what I've learned is that when I'm tempted to talk about other people because I'm upset at this person, so I'm gonna tell all these other people about what this person has done, the gospel reminds me to do like Jesus and not open my mouth. To put my hand over my mouth and let God be judge. He sees everything that I don't see. He knows everything that I don't know. He is just and he is right. Not only does he remind me that I should not retaliate, but in fact, just as Jesus came to reconcile, that I should be quick to reconcile. Even to those that have hurt me. Even to those that have treated me or my family poorly. Even to those that have spread rumors or lies about me, that I should love them and pray for them and encourage them and help them. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, he said, You have heard that it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you do that? When someone hurts you, do you go tell everybody else what they've done? Or do you stop and pray for them and say, Lord, show me how to love them? And show Jesus to them. Paul Tripp, the author, writer, he said it best when he put it this way. He said, judgment is easier than mercy. It's easier to stand apart from somebody and point a finger than it is to patiently walk alongside of them, to love them, to forgive them, to get your hands dirty as you help them bear the burden of change. That's really true easier to talk about somebody than it is to love them and forgive them. But listen, that's where the power of the gospel is. Just imagine what it would be like, what our world would view Christians as if every Christian did that. If every Christian did not gossip or talk negatively about their brother or sister, but if every Christian was quick to show compassion and love, if every Christian was quick to ask Jesus to meet their needs and didn't depend on the affirmation of other people, if every Christian, instead of vindicating themselves and retaliating with their words, if they would actually show compassion and love even to those that hurt them, what difference would that make? How would this world see Jesus differently if they saw how different we are because of him? See, listen, here's the main, main thing I want you to take away. You cannot be a gospel-centered person and a gossip-centered person at the same time. So which one are you? 
are you gossip-centered? Quick to retaliate, quick to talk, quick to share, quick to share a secret? Or are you gospel-centered because Jesus has changed your life?